Hello and welcome to another new, exciting and informative episode of the best and hottest business podcast in the land. My name is Perry Munzwembiri and I am your host. On today's episode, we'll talk about the recently announced non-taxable US $75 a month COVID-19 civil service allowances. These allowances are meant to run for three months up to August of this year. The question on almost everybody's mind is, can government afford this? Where will this money come from and what does this all mean for the broader economy? Well, you don't have to wonder any longer. Sit back and enjoy as I try to make sense of all those questions and more for you. Government is the country's largest employer and by implication influences the spending patterns of large swathes of consumers. Establishing the exact number of civil servants under its employ is an imprecise endeavor. In an interview in August 2019, Finance Minister Mtuling Nube noted that the total government payroll was about 400,000 individuals a month. Separately, some estimates put the total number of civil servants, excluding those in the security forces, at 250,000. Uh, Meanwhile, a 2019 labor force survey by Zimstat reveals that some 249,000 people, uh, representing about 2% of the population, receive a monthly pension or some social security funds. A conservative estimate would thus arrive at a monthly amount of at least 37.8 United States dollars that government will be paying its workers as part of the recently announced COVID-19 allowances, which will run until August 2020. Converted at the current interbank rate of 57, this translates to roughly 2.1 billion Zim dollars a month. Now, to be clear, the government does not have such resources in U.S. dollar terms. So in my view, this is why civil servants will not be accessing hard cash, but will rather make use of electronic balances in their FCA Nostra accounts. Now at this point, it is also worth noting that this is over and above the 50% local currency denominated salary increments government has also announced together with this U.S. dollar COVID-19 allowance. So this unbudgeted expenditure will represent an appreciable increase in the level of money supply in the market, which itself has been growing exponentially since 2013. As a result of this, inflation has been high and the Zim dollar exchange rate has been weakening. The International Monetary Fund notes that government's real wage bill increased from 42% to 85% of tax revenues uh, between 2010 and 2016. Uh, And this was largely driven by higher compensation uh, following the country's dollarization. 
Lately, however, government attempts to freeze recruitment and retrench employees have curtailed employment growth and have seen the wage bill moderate to align with regional averages. Facing growing pressure from its workers, however, government has been undertaking nominal salary increments largely to quell unrest within the civil service over the years. So it is in this context that the recently announced COVID-19 allowances and the Zim dollar salary hikes must be looked at. However, these token increments have evidently failed to keep up with the soaring inflation. Resultantly, government workers have seen real incomes being wiped out by as much as 80% from roughly an average of 416 United States dollars a month in 2016 to about 60 US dollars a month uh, currently. So as a result of this erosion, the wage bill as a share of the government's revenue has declined sharply from about 90% in 2017 to an estimated 37% in 2019 uh, according to the International Monetary Fund. So to the extent that the proposed salary hikes uh, were unbudgeted for by government, and that without resorting to printing money, this government does not have the wherewithal to sustain such expenditure, the wage bill as a proportion of revenues is set to increase sharply. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the bulk of the civil servants have not accepted this 50% salary increase, even when it is packaged with this quasi-US dollar allowances. The Public Service Commission has nonetheless asserted that this allowance does not shut the door on further negotiations between government and its workers. Now, one of the immediate consequences of this move, in my view, is to drive inflation, which is already inching toward the 1,000% mark. This means that in the near term, the pressure on wage growth will remain high, fueling an unsustainable wage price spiral in the economy as civil servants push for their incomes to match the prices of commodities. However, given the propensity of central government to create new money, wages and prices will not converge and this will see uh, the real purchasing power of civil servant uh, salaries falling, consumption pulling back, and the continued weakening of the Zim dollar and the overall economy as well. This move therefore carries outsized high risks for the country's inflation outlook. Now, to the extent that government workers may be given the leeway to liquidate their FCA nostril balances into Zim dollars uh, at the intervening official rate, then the downside risk to money supply growth will be elevated, uh, which will in turn drive inflation. Additionally, government workers may opt to liquidate their FCA nostril balances in the hopes of acquiring hard cash, something that they will not be able to do at their banks. If this were to happen, the alternative market rate will potentially weaken further. Now, at this point, it is worth noting that 
the full picture regarding the operational mechanics of this facility uh, are not yet clear. Now, another downside risk as a result of this COVID-19 uh, civil service allowances is that following the initial spread in consumption um, economy-wide due to relatively high disposable incomes, shortages of goods will emerge, or at least in the formal market. Government has announced that instead of accessing hard cash, civil servants will obtain an electronic card through which they will transact. Retailers, in turn, are compelled to quote their goods in both local currency and the US dollar. Again, while the intricacies of the mechanics of this FCA Nostro card are yet to be ascertained at this time, it is unclear whether retailers will be able to make payments offshore against these nostril balances in order to restock. In my view, this will likely not be the case uh, due to foreign currency constraints faced by government itself. Now, since offshore payments to foreign suppliers require physical cash to back up uh, the, whatever electronic balances one may have, it is inevitable that retailers and wholesalers may fail to pay their foreign suppliers. This will have the effect of compromising the supply of imported goods uh, in the local shops. Now, I see this phenomenon largely affecting formal and large retailers since trade in the informal market is now mostly being conducted in US dollars anyway. Now, to counter this, formal retailers may find ways to limit the availability of basic goods on their shelves, opting to direct these goods to the informal market where there is the possibility of earning real hard currency. Local manufacturers may also likely shun the formalized shops for this reason, creating the very real possibility of shortages in the formal market for basic goods and commodities. Perhaps the greatest indirect implication of this move by government lies in how it has further stocked the markets, not least its own workers' perceptions, ever closer toward adopting a fully dollarized economy. As is, some government workers at, that have embarked on in industrial action are demanding US dollar payments, and it is difficult to see a climb down from this position. The fact that some informal traders have stopped accepting some versions of the $2 and $5 Zim dollar notes that are currently in circulation will only serve to embolden calls for US dollar denominated wages by members of the civil service. The present reality, however, is that there are now three different currencies in circulation, namely the US dollar. The Zim dollar, together with its variants, uh, EcoCash and RTGS electronic balances, as well as the FCA Nostro balances. Now, what currency survives is largely a function of market confidence, which in turn ac affects acceptability. Now, these dynamics 
favor the entrenchment of the US dollar as the currency of choice uh, at a time when the supply of the greenback is constrained in part due to low exports uh, compounded by even slowing diaspora remittances uh, while the supply of the local currency continues to grow apace. These factors, in my view, uh, make a complete dollarization unlikely, at least for the time being. What will obtain, however, uh, and in truth, the situation that the country is already facing uh, is a reversion to a multi-currency system with the Zim dollar being a part of the currency mix. Be that as it may, at least from a transacting perspective, the US dollar is the more favored currency and will only grow in prominence while the depreciation of the Zim dollar progresses until such a time as complete confidence in it wilts away. And I see this recently uh, announced COVID-19 allowances by government uh, accelerating this process. So this is my take on the recently announced uh, COVID-19 allowances. And as always, thank you for listening to the Carte Blanche with Perry podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Feel free to drop me a comment, a question, uh, and whatever else feedback you may have. My Twitter handle is at pmunzwembiri. Let's keep the conversation going. You can subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts from. When you subscribe, you will receive instant notifications whenever new episodes drop and you won't have to miss any new content. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Please recommend it to a friend or leave a rating so that other people can see it with relative ease. Until next time, from me, Perry Munzwembiri, goodbye and take care.